Hello, and welcome to another new episode of Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus Show. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I'm so happy to be here. And I am joined by my wonderful co-host, the one and only Mosaic. How are you doing, Mosaic? I'm good. Hey, Kente. How's everybody doing tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good. (laughs) How was your weekend? It was good. It was good. This week has been pretty good. I can't complain at all. I'm ready for the next weekend. <laughs> hey, look, you and me both, for sure. Um, oh, just uh, to let you guys know, um, in our little countdown to get ready for the show, uh, you heard music by uh, a producer named Eyesight, who's actually my nephew, uh, John. Okay. And what I'm going to start doing is uh, play, um, you know, um, different music from different artists, uh, you know, independent artists and whatnot. And uh, so if you guys want to have your stuff shown or maybe even uh, have uh, have some of your trailers and stuff for your different projects, let me know. And then we can put it in the beginning. This lets Ooh. people get, get an opportunity to come in and, you know, so we don't just start to an empty audience. Right. So, so people will start gathering. So uh, that's something that we want to make sure happens. So that was eyesight. Uh, you know, who's my nephew. I'm very proud. He's a really good producer. Um, and uh, anybody else who has something they want us to put in the in the beginning, let us know. Uh, you can, um, of course, hit us up at IndieShowcaseBooking at gmail.com. That's I-N-D-Y showcasebooking at gmail.com. All right. So now let's get to our interview. We're going to do a series of interviews with funny people, uh, both men and women. And today the ladies are first. And this young lady, (laughs) you're right, right, right. This uh, young lady um, I've been following for quite a while now um, on um, Instagram and she's uh, uh, is from Chicago, which uh, anybody who knows knows me, I I have Chicago. Chicago. Uh, I'm from Los Angeles, but I have a lot of Chicago uh, family and everything. I go there all the time. And uh, so we're going to talk about growing up in Chicago and all that stuff. But uh, we have the wonderful, the incredible Miss Lips. How you doing? Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? What hey, it do? What good. it do, guys? Wow. I am your homegirl, homie lover friend, baby. Miss Lips from Chicago, baby. Yes. <laughs> I am your favorite auntie, your favorite baby mama, your favorite uh, uncle and nigga. I, I would do it, nigga. Okay, because you know aunties ain't strong enough. You gotta get your ass off the court. You know, you gotta put the beat voice in that shit. You know what I'm saying? I had to get a my little cousins and shit. Had to get a beat voice on the ass. But um, yeah, I'm um comedian from Chicago, mother for Two grandkids, nigga. Um, a hustler, grinder. You know, I, I move around. COVID ain't stop shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> protest. I go out of town to protest. You know what I'm saying? You don't know who I am, nigga. I put my hand <laughs> You know, they put on some old Jordans, some dirty ones, just in case the bitch got a run yet. You know what I'm saying? So, um, black lives do matter, you know? Um, and um, I'm just out to be here on your show, honey. It's all black. I love it. Yes. I love it. I love it. Now, a, a correction. My nephew, 
uh, John, uh, he goes by AI. This it, is producer name. His company is Eyesight Production. So my bad. Uh, but thank you so much uh, um, for giving us some music to play. Um, now, uh, also, what, one thing I want to do is I really want to uh, really push this this season is supporting each other. And you know, we know each other. We, you know, it, it's it, it's crazy to me. And this is just as a little side note. We'll get back to the interview. Is we'll know people who have um, books that they put out, music that they put out, you know, movies or whatever. And a lot of times they're not even going for that much money. And we don't we don't think to financially support each other. And one thing I want to change is um, this year. Hopefully, starting with our next episode, I want to all my all my uh, people who have books and music and stuff. I want to make sure we push it on each show, and also I want to support our guests. And what we're asking is uh, um, our guest. She has a cash app. Make sure that you guys um, support her uh, at uh, dollar sign comedian Miss Lips. We're gonna have it running throughout the show, but we want to make sure that we support yeah, our artists. support our artists. All right. So um, the way that we do um, was tradition on our show is we love to start from the beginning. So we love to, to talk, you know, when it's your first time on the show, we like to start off with an origin story. So um, let's start off with yours. Where are you from originally? I know I, I kind of spoiled it, but, you know, talk about where you're from originally. Okay, and we'll I'm going to be repping my city to the day, I-D-I-E. Like, um, I'm from the south side of Chicago. Like, um, we are a rare breed, okay? <laughs> we do everything extra, okay? We lay our clothes out on the bed the day before. We wash our shoes with toothbrushes. We use baking soda for no reason. Like, it's all, gee, it's always, like, it has to be not perfect, but it has to look good. We're all about looking good in Chicago. And you know, we can make it look good. It can come from dollar store. We can make it look good. <laughs> yeah. I just asked it like <laughs> you know, I just said, you know what, you know, just look sweet out of me. 
he would look foofy, foofy if I put a little bow in it. You know what I'm saying? But there's originality. I think we have the city of swag. Like we come from, we great stylists, we great singers. A lot of comedians come from the Midwest. Um, you know, I, I miss the taste of Chicago. I, I miss these festivals. I, I hate that all these black people are being killed. I'm, I'm, I'm so unhappy about this COVID situation. Um, Cause I had a lot of things going on for me. I was really gonna shoot my comedy special. I was gonna do a clean and a, and a raw dirty cookie. So um, in Chicago. So um, that's on the hold for me. But while I was in Chicago, I shot a documentary called um, Monroe Street. Um, Fred, Fred, ha Chairman Fred Hammond, Hampton lived on that street. And I shot a, a documentary, and I, um, and I went to the airport, and my laptop got stolen. Oh, no. So uh, you really have to be careful, you know, coming from Chicago, because a lot of consciousness, uh, a lot of, you know, corruption came from Chicago. You know, um, a lot of people, if they talk about it, bad things will happen. You know, you get blackballed, you get, you, you'll get, you know, there's so many things that people won't even as fuck with you because they'd be too afraid to talk about it. You have so many people that retweet Black Lives Matter, but they don't protest. They don't support black businesses. They they don't be in the streets. And you got some people that do go out there and give out stuff and be there for black businesses. It really depends. You really have to be careful. Um, the people that you see on TV, they real some of them are active, conscious, and you have people that's on the front line as being conscious and serving consciousness. So that's one thing I, I really say that's in my in my um in my uh, I have the energy of a lot of conscious people, especially my ancestors, um, my grandmother, father. Father was lynched by the clan, and it completely destroyed my house, my family household. This didn't happen in Chicago; it happened in Mississippi. Um, and another family member in North Carolina. So we've been we've been going through this so long. Even in Chicago, a lot of my family has been uh, murdered, you know, by different people. Like my baby daddy got killed. Kings in Chicago, you know, it's a lot of tracks that come from Chicago, and I talk about it, and I, you know, I mention it a lot in my comedy, you know, I, I say my, my comedy is very con conscious comedy, so I try to tell stories in my comedy um, coming from Chicago, and from my, where I am now, you know, LA, Scottsdale, you know, I move around a lot, hopefully soon Japan, because I, I will have a residency out there, you know, as long as I pay these parking tickets in LA. <laughs> so um, yeah, I just talk about real shit from Chicago, man, and I and I bring that gift of gab and that game. See if I didn't have the game that I was raised on, because I had a lot of cousins, you know, I can't name y'all niggas from Chicago pimps. Oh, they got my cousin on IG. What's up, Sonia? So I got a lot of older cousins that taught me the game. And um, I'm glad they did because they was able to help me when I go to the comedy store and laugh, you know, laugh factory and, 
you know, Hollywood pro, um, um, <laughs> Hollywood uh, improv and different places like that, flappers and things like that. I know how to build myself up and have the confidence to get on stages and represent my city on the south side. Because a lot of people ain't from where I'm from. I'm from Roseland, so. Um, now, one thing, you know, being from LA, when I go to when I go there, I have my sister lives in Chicago, and uh, her family uh, is they have a place called Harold's Chicken, and I yeah, love Harold's. me some Harold's Chicken. <laughs> I love me some Harold's Chicken. That's one of those things that and uh, uh, Lou Malinati's uh, deep dish pizza are my two favorite things when I go to Chicago. So mm-hmm. recently, they hungry. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Recently, they put a Harold's Chicken out here in, in L.A. Have you seen it? Have you been there? Yeah, in Hollywood. I was, if you look on my IG, I, I'm the person that's way. Right. When as soon as they put the board up, I took a picture. This is years ago. Mm-hmm. As soon as they put the board up, it was like Chicago, you know, um, Harold's Chicken going to be in Hollywood on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I took a picture on it because you know, I want people to know I was first. I hit it first, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they do have good chicken. It's just it's a kind of overpriced, kind of like they should give you like a Chicago stamp if you're from Chicago, ten percent, fifteen percent off. Cause like right. five five chicken wings should be twenty five dollars. I'm just saying. You know? <laughs> right, five dollars like, a wing. Yeah. I know, you know, I know about fucking uh, di Cole. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Right. I'm just trying to get my wings, you know, extra crispy, fresh, with some fried and coleslaw. My my nephew Charles, when I when I because sh- he loves Harold's, he you know from Chicago, and I told him we have a Harold's now, and I said it was pretty good. It you know it it was it's pretty good. It tastes uh, really close to back in Chicago, and he he don't believe it. He's like, when I come to L.A., we're gonna find out, but I don't believe. He's like, yeah. I don't believe it. He's like, yeah. So. Yeah, you can't really like, you can't really like impress a Chicagoan. It's just not gonna happen. Like, you be like, oh, I have it's the, the this is the place where you can make this place got the best cupcakes or the best pizza. They're gonna be like, bitch, no. They're gonna tell you about some auntie in Chicago that make the best caramel cake. Like, they're gonna tell you about all times. There's one thing about Chicago. A lot of Chicago people know how to cook. You know, what I'm saying we come from cooking. Like you, you want a lamb burger? Oh, okay. So let me go to you know we used to have a store called Mornoit. Let me go to Mornoit and get a lamb burger. You know what I'm saying? Make, I, I mean, I literally saw people making sausages from scratch when I was in Chicago. I mean, talking about real cooking. I mean, like I mean, understand like people making homemade cheesecakes from scratch. Ain't no sour cream in that shit. Like <laughs> even the cheesecake factory, like putting sour cream in that shit. Like that don't belong in cheesecake. That don't belong in cheesecake. Take the sour cream out, put butter in that shit. You know what I'm saying? But again, you go to the cheesecake factory and spend $25 on cheesecake and you don't get the right things. So. You know, Chicago is known for putting those right ingredients in their food. So uh, you can go down the street, a potato chip factory. You can smell it miles and miles away. It's called Jay's Potato Chips. And yes, they copy them, you know, but we're not going to talk about that because that's shit that's <laughs> impolitically correct. But okie doke. Popcorn. You got a lot of imitators, you know, but that's the best 
hot stuff popcorn I have ever tasted in my life. Hot country curls. Blame it hot. You know, it's like there's always uh, it's always some side babies. That's what I call it. It was some side babies. You did. So um, you got to understand what's real and what's duplicate. So Chicago is real and there's a lot of duplicates out here. Yes. How you doing, sis? Hey. No. Yes. No, let me. I'm also let me check me out on uh, Miss Lips, comedian Miss Lips on IG. Love you, sis. No, no let me ask yes. you this question. Um, so, um, were you one of those people at a, at a young age that was always funny? That you know, did you have the comedy bug at a young age? Oh yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my God, yes. Oh my God. Growing up in Chicago, and I'm I'm so blessed that my grandparents raised me um in a house. You know, I wasn't raised in the project, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like, yeah, I don't got around a good time. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't like that because uh I don't think I would have made it. I think my mouth would have got me killed. <laughs> um, my spoilers would have gotten me chopped off because um, I was raised as a Jehovah Witness. My grandmother was Jehovah Witness. My granddaddy was a, like a Black Panther Baptist. You dig? So he was more so at home on Sundays instead of <laughs> at church and shit. You know, you're watching on TV. You know, you know, but he would watch Soul Train every fucking like he was on Soul Train like. So train uh, every fucking week. He was on. He was on that. But uh, you got people like that, you know. And my grandmother, she was very. She's a Gemini. She was very pretty. So she would dial me up. I always had gloves and I had a purse at two. And, you know, I had yeah. you know pipes on and shit. I, I, I was like, damn. I know. I, I think I got itched. You know what I'm saying? I was cute and itchy. So. Um, <laughs> Growing up in Chicago, it was just one of the things where um, you had to look cute. That was like the main thing. You had to look cute. You had to look cute. And my grandmother, she she kind of taught me how to be kind of like classy. So I, I like call myself Clatchet. And um, you know, she showed me how to keep up the house. She showed me how to wash clothes because we had a washer and a dryer. So I always had clean clothes, clean shoes. I always was you know, on point, things like that. I just had to chill out of my shit with my cousins and they was musty and crusty. But we ain't gonna go there. Cousins watching. What's up, cuz? Not you. Not you. Not you. But you know who I'm talking about, right? You? Anyway. Um, but I love growing up in Chicago. We had fun. I used to have like um, a big wheel. I would drive a big wheel in the backyard. One thing having the house, we had a big backyard. I would help my grandma plant flowers and things like that. Um, I would see my granddaddy cut grass. So I used to, I used to be addicted to gasoline. I used to be addicted to the <laughs> smell of gasoline. I think that's probably one of my head, you know, kind of crazy and shit, you know. <laughs> I used to love that because he he be cutting grass and you know I just be out there helping him putting the stuff you know going going kind of like boy shit but he didn't let me carry the stuff he just let me put it in the bag. That right? You know, uh, yeah, but, they, they um, call that they, they call that huffing when you like like markers and <laughs> gas and stuff. I ain't gonna lie, right. there, there was a, 
I did kind of like the smell of gas too for a while, but I was I don't know if I was addicted to it, but I definitely did kind of like the smell. So, you know, maybe yeah. Maybe. Oh, fresh type gas smells amazing. Like, you know, I used to enjoy those times, you know, with my granddad because my grand, like I said, my granddad was very conscious. You know, he he smoked cigarettes. He was old school. You know, even Martin Luther King smoked cigarettes. It really wasn't like a big deal back in the day. You know, but he smoked cigarettes and he drank his gin and shit. You know, he put his gin in his coffee. My granddad was old. He was a real thing. Okay? <laughs> he had leather jackets, so a bitch always had a leather jacket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Doctor Ramirez. So no, you know, um, it's so funny though. Like I, I had a conversation. I think we might have lost uh, our guest. Hold on a second. Let me see. She's frozen. Uh. Hopefully we'll get her back in. Uh, technical difficulty. So um, anyway, so uh, you know what? Let's do this. Let's do a shout out, and then I'll I'll get to my thought. Um, I see in our chat room. I see Dr. Amira. Dr. Amira, uh, hey girl. Monica, uh, Black Diamond, Renee is in the chat. Okay. I see Ronald Smith, Big Ronald Smith. We got to get him back on the show. Uh, my nephew John is in the chat room. Uh, Bobby, good Bobby. Robert is in the chat room as well. And I know there's other people that uh, haven't made themselves known. So uh, let yourself be known so we can give you guys proper shout right. out. Right. Um, we're having a technical difficulty with our guest. So we're just waiting for her to, to get back in. Um, and uh, also, I, I want to, this is a great time to do this. Um, I'll put this link into the chat room. I had to create a whole new um, YouTube account. And um, so uh, long story, but I had to make a whole new YouTube account, started back from the beginning. So um, uh, I would love for you guys to subscribe to it. If you're not on, on it, uh, please make sure that you guys subscribe. Um, so I, we created a whole new account. Uh, and I need you guys to subscribe to it. I, we had seven thousand, almost uh, seven thousand subscribers. Wow! On the so I got to do this crap all over again. So, so uh, um, let's see. We get, do do you watch Star Trek or Star Wars or both? I'm more of a Star Wars person, but I've I've watched both. Uh, I've watched both of them. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a fanatic or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not. So, but uh, yeah, I've watched them both. I've seen all the movies and everything. I've seen all the movies, I think, of both. So, so uh, let's see. Monica says she's a Trek person. A Trekkie? Uh, yeah. Um, that's an interesting question. All right, here we go. We got our guests <laughs> back. All right, welcome back. Okay, I had to get it together, okay? Hey, it's all good. It's all good. So um, it's interesting. We're talking about smells, right? And I don't right. know if you ever had a conversation with somebody where they're trying to relate to you. Like, it's some common stuff. And then mm -hmm. you're like, no. I don't know. I don't <laughs> do that. Like this one guy, I was talking to this guy once. It was this white cat. And then he was like, mm -hmm. we're just talking about things we like about women, right? And he was like, don't you like the, 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 the like when a male, when a woman smells bad? Ooh. I'm no. like, oh, no. 
He was like, he was like, oh man, like, he was like, uh, yeah, like you know what a woman's arms are musty. I'm like, no, no, mm. we like what guy likes that? He like it. He's an animal. <laughs> He's an animal. Yeah, I was like, no, wash your underarms, girl. That's what I would say. Uh, yeah. I don't like that. She come back from work. I'll be like, no, no, go to the bathroom, girl, before we do anything. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's weird. But uh, anyway, so uh, let let's get into how'd you first get into stand up comedy? Because there's a lot of people who think they're funny. There's a lot of people who think they should go up on stage. And to be honest with you, just because you're funny with your homies, with your family. Don't mean you're gonna make a great stand-up. So what what was the thing that got you to get into stand-up comedy and let you know that you should be on stage, that you weren't just a funny person around your family? Um well, I, I started out doing um poetry. I started writing. That was my main thing. My main thing was writing. Um that was I was able to get into the Chicago Defender paper. Um and I was um I think we had some some writing contests, uh, and I was able to meet um, Maxine uh, Walters and um, some other. I don't remember the other celebrity, but I remember Bernie Mac was there at my school. Um, I think it was Samuel Gumpers on the south side of Chicago, and um, I remember like getting applauded and things like that. I was mostly talking about the oceans and the sea and things like that. And now this is a time I've never been to an ocean. I've never been to a sea, none of that. Like my imagination was, I was, I was maybe I was like 10. I was very young. Never, like I said, I've never been to the beach, never been to the Navy Pier, none of that stuff. So, um, but I was talking about the thunder in the beach. I was talking about the, the, the waves and how the energy was going, making the water go back and forth in the beach. And I just thought it was so damn deep. <laughs> you know, I have to find because I wrote I had I had it in the grandma. My mother died in 2019 or 18. I remember it was so devastating on the end of the year. Um and all this stuff came out, you know, all this stuff, these old letters and everything came out. I found a lot of stuff that my mom saved of me, for me um, performing. I used to do ballet. I went to Carver High School. We had a ballet class. I did ballet and things like that, theater. I played the violin. I played, like, the flute and things like that. So I was always had music, theater, and things like that in my family. I uh, always thought I was silly or crazy. They were saying, oh, girl, you know, she crazy, you know, and and my mom, she was mentally crazy. So I was like, I ain't crazy, you know. <laughs> and, you know, it was just that I, I was like, I hate when people say that, you know, you crazy. They just can't say, oh, you funny. Oh, like I have family right. like, oh, my cousin is a little comedian. And it's like when they when they get on my um my IG or whatever whatever I post and people be like what you know you don't know who you talking to <laughs> this chick you know having conversations with David Chappelle at the comedy store she's having conversations with different celebrities and things like that everybody that knows somebody knows who I am because I go out there I grind I get on these stages I'm not like any other female comedian I'm very artistic. 
I'm I'm an artist. I like to call myself more so an artist, more so than a, a comedian. But I love that. Um, I love improving. I love theater. I'm going to start doing some theater stuff really soon, you guys. Y'all guys going to be up for a really big surprise. I, I just did two movies. I made a horror comedy movie called Santa Maria. One of our props is in the back. This is my little voodoo doll. I call her Foofy Foofy. You know, I be playing with her pussy just to see if she a move. Like, you know, I just be like, bitch, wake up! Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, my mom, let me tell you real quick. My mom was, she was dead in the casket. Like, she was like really freezing cold. I'm rubbing her leg. I'm rubbing her leg. I'm talking to her. I'm rubbing her feet, massaging her feet. My family going completely crazy. But I noticed that I was chanting the Chucky chant because I was like, awake. And he was like, what is you doing? I'm trying to bring my mom back to life again. I'm just like, uh oh. Uh-oh. Technical difficulties. Um uh, all right, so oh. the, all right, so the uh the uh Wi-Fi demon is on the loose tonight. Right. <laughs> so uh uh we'll give her a moment to get back in and uh figure that out. Uh I want to give a shout out to Ryan Perez Ryan? in the house. Who Ryan Perez? That's how that he he deleted Clubhouse. Talk about it's a time waster. He said he did. It can yeah. be a time waster though. I look, when I want to waste time, I waste time on Clubhouse. <laughs> right, right. You gotta have some um, time to waste. You, that is true. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. All right. Yes, I don't know what's going on. I guess I was talking about real shit. You know what I'm saying? The internet was like, ah, 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 ah. yeah. The internet was like, no. Oh <laughs> wait, look. Oh wait, get up. <laughs> you know, Egyptians literally are in tombs with, you know, not you know. I love braids, but twists like dress like you got twists like literally. You take a, they had pictures of the mummies just like. Looking like they're not dead, they just sleep, you know. But you know, yeah, again, well right? And again, you know, I really believe they will rise again. I really believe that. I really believe that. But um, we would, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our accessory stuff is in museums locked up, and we have to pay to go see those things. You know, I think that's. Um, I think somebody needs to talk more about that. But um, you know, the British has all our ancestry, gold and jewelry and you know, mirabilia. And um, I'm definitely gonna start traveling. I, I really want never, I really want people to start traveling more so we can find out who we really are, you know. Because I took an ancestry.com test and it just confirms some stuff because my great grandmother she died when she was 98, 96. So she was able to tell me a lot of my ancestry, you know, dot com without the dot com. You did. So um, I learned that a lot of my people are from Africa, but they're from the Shanti tribe. And I found out that um, a lot of the women in that tribe were soldiers. You know, they were warriors. 
it was some bad, bad, <laughs> they some bad queens. I'm telling you, they run, they run the village. Um, they were strong women. They mothered many children. You know, they was good, good gatherers. Like they was leaders. You know, so I come from a, a family of leadership. My ancestors were leaders, and they was beautiful. You know, they was beautiful queens. So. Um, they didn't just confirm me more stuff. Like when they told me that my family um, was a Chinese tribe and I had like some Asian and two um, percent European. Can you believe that? <laughs> I said, "Bitch, I'm like two percent milk in this bitch." But uh, when I found out the results, you know, it kind of like confirmed a lot for me, and I found out a lot of people. A lot. I'm related to a lot of celebrities, so I found that out too. Because my father's side is from New Orleans. So mm. uh, a lot of my family are Creole based from Baton Rouge and stuff like that. So I have a lot of that. Um, you know, and I really I feel I feel it too when I go back. When I go back to New Orleans, I can, it's it's crazy because they don't understand me and I don't understand them. Because a lot of the people I talk to they just be French Creole, you know, so I say we whatever. And <laughs> they be like, no, bitch, that's not that's not our language. <laughs> so um, you know, but when they get to talking and it's now it just sounds more and more and more like my native tongue, you know. So, you know, it's just it just pays to listen sometimes and just sit back and let it let it, you know, let the energy come in, you know, let that third eye pop in. You can listen and understand that. You know, these people are trying to tell you something. You need to listen. You know, but um, I'm definitely want to get the. My, I want to get my passport for me and my family, and I want to travel a lot of places. I really want to go to France. I really want to go to Africa. I really want to go to Japan. Um, I, I really want to just travel and get my passport stamped as much as I can as a comedian and perform different places. And I want I want to go out there with my nonprofit, you know, because I do have different places that I want to go and um, talk about black people and our culture and teach and things like that. That's my um, legacy. I want to do. Want to teach people how to be artistic and in love. Uh oh, that's that Wi-Fi demon. The Wi-Fi. You call him the nigga bots on Clubhouse. Like yeah, it yeah. is funny. It's always when somebody's making a really good point, then it's then good. it goes right. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, yes, it, that's true. That's true. I think key words that you say that can make it, you know, the powers that be, you know, fuck with it. Because I really believe when, when you say ancestors or you talk about, you know, different things and and, and finding out saying queens and. You know different things like you can't say the letter bomb or bomb on the airplane. I really believe you can't say certain things on YouTube or Facebook too as well because it flags, it flags and things like that. But um, I mean as a as a woman, you know I'm used to that anyway. You know, so you know you just have to, you know, try to stay unpolitically incorrect. That's why I'm working on clean comedy as well. Because, you know, I really want to get not to the kids, kids, but I really want to reach the teens. Because I think the teens is the way. Because the teens, 
the technology they have. <laughs> like you can't really keep up, you know. You know, um, kids are on a whole nother level than us, you know. So um, it's best to get content that you know kids. Because I, I asked my daughter how many comedians she know. And she named a couple of comedians, but she said Kevin Hart was one of her favorite comedians, other than myself. You know, um, and I love that even my 12-year-old that really don't watch comedy know who Kevin Hart is. You know what I'm saying? And I, I love that because he, you know, his his um his comedy can, you know, kids can watch it basically. It's not so graphic where kids can be like, oh my God, that's too much. You know, and then he talk about his teenage children. So I think it's uh, I think Kevin Hart is, is one of my favorite comedians. He's one of my Jamie Foxx, one of my favorite comedians. I mean, I was watching that you embarrassed me. Uh, I thought it was funny. I, I just love that. I just love how he's talking about his own personal relationship he has with his own daughter. And a lot of comedians don't let you in on their life because some comedians' life is so fucked up in the game. <laughs> they can't do, they can't show you at home. They can't show you nothing. They can only show you shit in their car. You know, they can only show you shit. Like they, it's like some comedians have very dark, dark energy. Um, and I just love the fact Jamie Foxx is he's he's a radio like he does radio he does singing he does move you know he's an actor you know he he came from you know a foster care system you know his parents wasn't there you know he he knows the he knows the struggle you know what i'm saying he's he i'm i'm pretty sure one day he'll have a book about some stuff happening to him but you know it's always something tragic that happens to comedians and the pain, we have to like reflect it into laughter. You know, laughter is like, uh, it's like our high. It's like our drug. You know, our weed. You know, our pee, our pills. Our, uh, you know, our Hennessy. You know what I'm saying? But um, I love to talk about a lot of my pain and turn it to, you know, laughter. You know, like I got a dirty joke time out how my father molested me, but he really didn't molest me. He was just looking trying to find a diamond in my pussy because it was just he was looking at the light, you know. He just could he just couldn't stay out of my path. It's like it's like, you know, and then when I say that joke, he was like, oh my God, did you say that? And then like people are like, oh my God, my daddy played his light down. It's like and you have a whole lot of people in the audience telling you how many people that got molested when they got their hand up? And you'd be surprised how many people they suffer were. through, you know, I'll, you know I'll trial. Be, I'll be honest with you. Um, I I would say of all the women I've dated as an adult, I would say probably about 85% had been molested. Those are the ones that that expressed it to me. Expressed it, yeah. So, or 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 rate. Or um, you know, I mean, it's so common. Actually, I mean, trauma. I'm a survivor it, it, myself, so I, I know. I, but I was just having a conversation just on Clubhouse the other day, and we we're talking about how, um, you know, almost every woman you come in contact has some type of experience with some form of either sexual abuse or sexual harassment. 
um, whether if it's calling on the street, you know, men tend to um, accost women like <laughs> like it's nothing. And so they were talking about, you know, how do you decipher between when somebody's lying, when it's not true, like somebody's accusing somebody of doing something like that and when it's actually real. And um, I was like, well, you know, just about every woman you come across has experienced some type of harassment in some kind of way from someone sexually. Mm-hmm. There's not a day that, you know, we don't go by without somebody probably saying something to us when we're walking to the mailbox or going to the store or whatever. So, but, I mean, okay, I, I had a little pushback though, because I mean, there's cat calling and being annoying. But then there's also shooting your shot. I mean, I, I I mean I'm 44 years old, right? I'll be 45 this year. When I came up, we used to go to the mall and get numbers, like you know oh, yeah. what I'm saying. And like like now, I, I remember I was talking to a guy. I said this on the show before, and I was dating this girl, and he was like, "How'd y'all meet?" And I was like, "She was at the grocery store, dude. It was a young guy. He couldn't believe that you just walked up to a girl and started talking to her, like." It is so detached. Like so many women even say that guys don't walk up to them. You know, they'll be looking, but they don't t- speak. Say anything that happens. I mean, there's but there's delivery. There's you know, like if you walk you in a grocery store and I say y'all both in in the pasta aisle. You know, you you just strike up a conversation like, oh, you what you about to go? You know, just something like that. That's different. But you know, there's times where women are you know like you may. Like to my excuse me or whatever, my hey, hey, you know, like hey, girl, even like I'm not interested in running. Be like, well, then fuck you, damn bitch. Just <laughs> like then you not. have those. So that's what you know. The grocery just, store is my but, stomping grounds. Right. I'm a. Gr- I'm the. Place. I mean, it's better than the club. It's I'm the. I'm, I'm the Kroger pimp. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you get a different type of woman if you go to Whole Foods. Right. You get a whole type of. Let me tell you my vegan egg. Okay, vegan <laughs> is goat. Okay, because the sperm tastes like broccoli with a little uh-huh. gravy on the side. Okay, so uh, I'm not, you know, and get all that toxins out your life because, I mean, it, you know, I have to ask guys, honestly, I hate asking guys this do you eat pork? And if they say, Oh, I'm about to go baking every now and then. That's when I walk the fuck away. Because <laughs> I just I cannot date a motherfucker that's up here eating a pork chop sandwich and I'm eating, you know, something that has none of that in it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can't do it. There's two different things. Like, I can't. I have tried and I cannot do it. Okay? So... You yeah, know, there's I a just, difference. Have- what if the guy goes, "All right, give me two weeks to do a cleanse, and then we're gonna get it popping." <laughs> Again, I cannot trust <laughs> you. There's a difference there, and it would seem crazy. Like, what you mean, no. like men or women who are, you know, who eat better are different? You know, smell they smell different. Thank they you. Eat different. It's it's, yep. a, it's a big difference in how you um they especially the smell part. So like if you if you sweat a lot mm-hmm. and like you smell different when you eat meat versus if you don't eat a lot of meat and 
like people who yeah, try to switch right. to uh, uh, <laughs> natural deodorant <laughs> for regular. Right. You cannot just switch. You there's a process. You got to do like a little detox up under there. You got to put some clay and get them toxins out that's backed up from the antiperspirant you've been wearing. <laughs> and when that smell come out, you're going to know why you probably shouldn't eat so much meat. <laughs> right. And it takes, actually, it takes more than two weeks to cleanse. Um, it's, it's more than what you eat. It's also a mindset. If you put in your mind, this could kill me. This could make me lonely for a long time. <laughs> you're in L.A., so you got more women that's vegan out there than more than you know and people in the south because uh one thing i have learned in la you have so much variety like you have so many you have if you love tacos you're good but i was able to lose weight in la just drinking hachata and eating mexican corn and having like um um uh, uh, having a taco with no meat on it you know what i'm saying so i was able to you know, figure it out and drop a lot of things out of my diet, which was meat. And I I lost weight, honey. That nobody was like, whoop. You know, I'm going to get back on that diet um, as soon as possible. Right now, I'm breastfeeding. I just had a son. So um, I have to be really careful what I do when I eat because he's allergic to everything, okay? Oh, wow. I pop more clarity in these motherfuckers out here popping Molly. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, but okay. you have to, if you, uh, you know, Kente, if you want to meet a good girl, if you want to be like, okay, yeah, fight, you know, go to Rainbow. I mean, just <laughs> go to Rainbow. Go to Walmart, bitch. Like, <laughs> don't go to Walmart. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that relationship yeah, don't last as long as they vegetables. Go to the beauty store, go to the beauty store, go to the 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 store, go to uh, I can imagine that that um, there's some challenges possibly uh, going on. Maybe the way the other comedians and the people that run these venues treat you. Uh, just talk about your experiences when it comes to that. You know, I I found out that a lot of my beef in these streets are not with white people, unfortunately. My mm. beef in these streets is mostly by black men. Okay. Um, like for instance, I was supposed to do a club, um, Carpet Blues or something like that, some club in um, Phoenix, not too far from my job. I brought a whole bunch of people. My homeboy from California came. He even got on the bus and came. You know, I brought my kids with me and things like that. Um, my son, I think he was about six months old. You know, he was, he's a good baby when he goes to the comedy club because he's like, it's like he's, it's his second home, you know, um, mm. So um, the guy did not let me get on stage, and he didn't give me a reason why. I had family that was there and everything. So a comedian, he was like, what's up? So he heard the guy was like, oh, you know, who's getting on stage? And he didn't say me. So I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, do you know a lot of my people out there from a whole other state? He said, well, it's a lot of people 
um, you know, he was just really like, um, like he was on like this power ego move and things like that. And I'm like, okay. So then a lot of people's like, why are you going? Like a lot of comedians like, well, why are you not up? All these other people going up, like, you know, and I was like, yeah, it's this personal thing about certain black men out here um, that I don't know if it's intimidation. I don't know if it's some type of, I remind them of their mama or their auntie that molest them, or I don't know what it is, like baby mama mm. that they can't child support to. I think it's a trigger. Um, I don't know what it is, but he did not let me on stage. But my son at six months was able to get on stage with this comedian. And that like melted my heart because <laughs> my wow. son is comedy with a K. And he was able to, you know, get on stage with this comedian. I forgot his name. But, um, you know, I thought that was, but yeah, but I have uh, different people that um, don't understand the art of comedy. Comedy is an art and it shouldn't be like, hey, guys, that's good. You know, or get on stage and, you know, da 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 and tune in and things like that. And people love that. And I talk about real shit. I talk about my life. And people try to quiet me, or um, they don't—they don't like the fact that I tell the truth in my comedy, either it's male or female. So um, I have went different places in LA. Now LA love my comedy. I have been booked everywhere in LA. Phoenix, no, not so much. I like people, but I had a lot of people in my way um, trying to stop my shine in LA. Like um, and I had to, I had to definitely fight for what I had. Nothing was given to me, and I didn't fuck my way in the industry. And I love that I didn't have to do that because you know ain't nobody finna pimp me, you know. Because I see a lot of you know females getting pimped like that in this industry. I mean, there's some comedians out here that get ran through in this industry, and they are old whole reparations and they're like oh remember i said in 96 oh remember i said in 2002 you know you have to stand for me and it's like wow i don't give a fuck like i don't give a fuck <laughs> you know what i'm saying i'm not fucking just after she's a fucking pimple on her fucking mouth so y'all can have that you know what i'm saying <laughs> You know, I want to stay pimple free. You know, herpes simplex one free. You know, I got time for that. You know, so you know, it's just what you stand on your ground and mean what you say and say what you mean. Because if you go in the game fucking, you are gonna come out the game fucking. And pussy ain't like a rubber band like it used to be. Like <laughs> that shit. No, you can, <laughs> ain't no benefit shot. Like you can do kegels, but if you've been ran through, like and all your pussy goes, your pussy gonna be walking, and your pussy gonna be on the floor. Mm -mm. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how I yeah. found out about you originally was 
Um, there's a guy named Tariq Nasheed who uh, you guys know him from the Hidden Color series. He produced that. Yes, that's my brother. Yes, very popular podcast and 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 uh, so he some he I believe he was on Instagram and you popped on and uh, yeah. I thought you were funny and um, that's how I started following you was and this was maybe a I want to say a, t- a year or two ago. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. I love Tariq Nasheed. I love Keith Thurman. You know, that's, you know, his um, people that help him and promote his stuff and stuff like that. FBA. I actually, I actually love Tariq Nasheed. Like, I love hitting colors. Like, my daughter went to Paradise Valley College, and I was so happy that her library that she worked at at the time um, had hidden colors, documentaries in there. They didn't have nothing else black in there. This, this is the crazy part because this is an all white house. They had hidden colors in there, all three. And I was so happy. I had to let Tariq Nashi know this because that is what we need. We need educational content that's going to teach not only black people, but white people, Hispanic people, all people. Definitely these kids that's coming in and learning about our, our um, history, Black history. Um, they definitely need to watch Hidden Colors. Like, I was on Clubhouse the other day, and this this white Italian comedian was saying, oh, you people. You know, she said, you people. And I had to let her know, you cannot say those two words. You cannot say, you people. You know, I, and I let her know, I said, you know, you will say that in some places and you would get beat the fuck up. I told her this. And I didn't mean to threaten her own clubhouse. So I was like, okay, you're going to get banned for threatening this white bitch and all this shit. I was like, I'm not threatening her. I'm just letting her know that it's a tone to this shit. Certain things you can't say to a black woman. Certain things you can't say to a black man. Certain things that white people just can't fucking say. And I was just telling her real shit. You know, if I get blocked on Clubhouse for telling real shit, fuck Clubhouse. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I just have to educate her. I said, you, you, you're wise enough to know what's going on in this, in this country. White people are killing black people. You know what I'm saying? White cops killing black people. Now they're killing kids. How can you be so ignorant to not know that you people is like saying you niggas or nigger? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think what we need to do again, like back in the day, is start checking people mm-hmm. and letting them know, hey, no disrespect, I have to check you. I have to check you so you won't be ignorant. So um, uh, I love the fact that Tariq Nashi has that um, intellectual content um, available so people can learn just in case they don't, you know? I love hitting colors though. Me too. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of uh, of that. And I had that the opportunity. Breaking, that oh wait, I think I could. No way, it's not available yet. But um, I yeah, um, I, I had the pleasure of interviewing him uh, when when uh, part three came out. So uh, when that was yeah. really cool, it was very nice of him to do it because he was he was on his way to do a. Um, to go overseas, I believe, to do promotion, and he fit it in right before he left. So literally, he left mm-hmm. to go to get on the airplane. So it was very nice of him to do that. 
I really appreciated mm-hmm. it. But um, and you see, he moves. He don't move like everybody else. That's all I like about Tyreek Nashi. And I love that he has a wife, and you can see how beautiful his wife is and his children. Um, because there's a lot of people that they really don't live. They really, they really are really bad liars. <laughs> and they're really not married to women. They don't have relationships with women. I mean, Tyreek, he's a husband, you know, and an author. And, he's a, he, he, you know, it's, it's more to that when you're a husband. That means you have a home front. And, you know, you understanding that a black woman, you need a black woman, first of all. You know what I'm saying? And a black woman needs you, you know, so it's structured. You know, I like the fact that he's structured and he represents his wife. You know, you don't see his wife with no black eyes and shit like that. Like, I have been in, I have been in, I have, I'm not going to throw no names out here, but I have seen people in the industry and I've seen their significant others and you could tell they've been getting their ass beat. Like, they got the mark on the eye and it's like, it's very toxic. You know, and it's like, you know, you want to be like, wait three times, bitch, so we can leave. Like, <laughs> I don't need it, but it's like that person gonna have to learn how to leave that relationship. You know, and uh, she called me even today. She see that she know that I got her. Back, you know, um, but yeah, um, I love the fact to read she he has a, a a family life. I love that because I do too. I don't have a husband yet, um, but I, uh, I'm i ready for him. I'm, I'm celibate. Like, I've been celibate for a very long time. When God, you know, like, <laughs> say, look, this is your husband. And I'm going to be like, nah. Because <laughs> motherfucking talking to that nigga again. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I, uh, I was celibate for uh, 13 years. Exactly, and ain't nothing wrong time. with it because that's years. Well, well, I mean, it was the first thirteen years of my life, but that counts, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know it. Right, right. Well, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, there's nothing wrong with waiting for the right person. I'm just gonna say right. that. There's nothing wrong with saving and fasting, and um, you know, um, praying for that right person because when you like I said, I have been many. I have been in many relationships that was toxic, so I would know the signs of toxicity, right? So, um, I honestly, I don't like being single out here, but I know that I can't have anybody in my home or helping me run my business or, um, you know, putting his pork chop dick in me. I can't have that. You know what I'm saying? Because niggas be lying to me. I ain't had no pork chops. And then they take a shit, the whole house smells like pork chops. Mm-mm. It's like, oh, I can't, I really can't deal with liars. Um, I can't deal with scammers. You know, um, no, I just can't. I think Zoe Williams eats, he eats pork too. Yeah, he's a pork eating motherfucker. So if you consciously a pork eating motherfucker, I, I just can't really, I can't really fuck with you. <laughs> Another thing I, I saw you on uh, was the Zoe What show. Um, you were a frequent contributor on that show as well. And um, thank you. you know, I actually was a producer and a comedian of that show. Mm, okay. Yeah, thank you for uh, he didn't give me. 
he didn't give me my accolades or my credit for the show. Um, and that's one thing I have learned. You have to put credits. That's why it's important when you watch any movie, any series, listen to any music, you will see that there are credits. People's names have to be on that. You have to let people know that they are contributing to this content. And he was not that type of person. I felt, and a lot of people told me, like, that nigga is he's dirty as fuck what he did to you. I have so many fans that's like, and they watch and they tell me and they like, man, I can't believe it happened to you. Even people that was on the foxhole with um, Zoe Williams, they like, well, I, they just couldn't believe that, that, that um, I didn't even want to call him a man, that person did that. They're like, you know, we tried to get in contact with you for a long time. He kept telling, telling us that um, he's managing you. I'm like, Zoe ain't never managed me. Who told you that, Zoe? <laughs> but, you know, he would get on Periscope because he would do Periscopes before his shows and he would be like, oh, yeah, I got Miss Lips and this Lips and, and all this and doing all this fake shit on the camera, but be a whole different person off camera. So, you know, um, I, I book different people on his show. I book Pierre on his show. I book Young Pharaoh on his show. Y'all tried to book Shang. Shang was like, mm, you know, I tried to book, uh, I tried to book Auntie P on the show, and he it hurt so dirty. Like, I just can't believe how he treated her. I was just like devastated because he thought because she had this voicemail at the time. Hey, uh, you reach Auntie P. This, and, you know, she had a lot of cursing in it, and he was like. Mm, he judged her upon that, but that lady not only was a comedian, she she was a pioneer in her in her neighborhood. She was she was a very good cook on YouTube and she, you know, she was very entertaining and he just shitting on her. And I didn't appreciate that. I mean, he went back and forth on that. And then she ended up dying. You know, I think that if he would have did that interview, it would have been really dope because legacy my thing is the legacy. You know what I'm saying? Like years and years, this 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 uh, content will be on YouTube, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I remember I did the show," and then people will be like, "Yeah, that was a good highlight of your life during that time and um, 2021 and things like that." He didn't even think that she deserved that opportunity, and that hurted me so bad um, because um, me and her will talk intimately on the phone about different things in the industry and the game, things like that. And um, excuse me if I cry. <laughs> her name was Auntie Fee, and she, she was like Auntie. I remember her. Um, and um, you know, she didn't like have another comedian to her too, which was Steve Harvey. And um, you know, you just have to be careful with these black industry guys that call themselves conscious and things like that. You have to be really careful. You know, like like the Christians say, devil or uh, wolf and sheep clothing things like that. So you really have to um, be very conscious of who you call um, a leader of things like that and who you look up to. But um, I built think- Brother, Polite, Brother Polite on his show and that's one of his top shows. And I didn't get no producer cred. I didn't get, you know, any cred for that. You know, he I, I did many shows with Zoe. Many shows. And I live in Phoenix. I have been living in Phoenix for a very long time. My family is out here. 
I would drive to Phoenix or fly to Phoenix and go to Dash Radio and do the show. And then I do a show at the Comedy Store, do a show here, do a show there. I was always grinding, networking, putting my, you know, you know, getting my um my comedy stuff together, doing different things, doing different projects with other friends, things like that. Um, I have done like um about seven movies. A lot of uh, five of them are not ready to put out yet. But I um I've been I'm in seven movies when I you know reach that type of momentum when I get out. I bet all those seven movies will come out. You know, um, and you'd be surprised how much content people film and it never come out until a person get on. You know what I'm saying? Um, I have so much really unreleased music, um, videography from different people, different projects um, that has not came out. Um, like I said, my Fred uh, Fred Hampton documentary was stolen from me um, from the airport or however. I think it, it had to be from the airport. It was stolen. It was completely stolen. Wow. I had a light, I had a, um, a MacBook stolen from the storage in Hawthorne. Um, I had so much content is stolen from me, honestly. And so much stuff has been um, took in from me, you know, that would have helped my career along the way. You know, and a lot of these people were black. <laughs> it was niggas. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's sad. It's really sad. Yeah, it's very, unfo- very unfortunate. Go ahead. I, was, I think that it will. I know that the comedy industry, like other industries like music or whatever, entertainment, period, can be treacherous. Um, people get into their egos and they think they're larger than life or larger than the next person and they feel like they have a little pull. Um, and I don't care what kind of industry you're in. Anytime you get black people that feel like they got some pull in charge, but baby, they act the whole fool. And it's not like they're not acting like themselves there. That's when their true selves are coming out. So you, they've already felt those kind of ways, like they've bettered in certain kind of people when you put certain people in power, um, a little bit of power, they get a little, go a little crazy. Uh, that's unfortunate, you know, those things happen to you, like your things being stolen. But I feel like if anything that was a, um, that God allowed someone to take, then he'll give you something better. Because he never let somebody take something to have you not do something better. So even though those things were taken, you don't even want them back. <laughs> uh, people say, I'm going to get back with the devil's soul. No, no, I want what God has for me that's better. So don't, that's don't right. let, him, let him take it. If he was able to take it, it wasn't mine in the first place. Go ahead and use that. I got something yeah. else that he's going to do for me. So, yeah, if you have that kind of attitude, then you're going to go far no matter who tries to take or tries to spit on you or uh, shit on your name or whatever. Yeah, very well said. As a black woman, you you have to have not only tough skin, but you have to walk in full confidence that God got you. Mm-hmm. No matter what, God makes my ultimate decision. You know, God has the timing that I need. God knows. God knows what I need. God knows what my legacy. He didn't already show me. He didn't already show me my legacy. You know, I, I, I was 
at a, at the comedy store laughing, talking about I don't have a fun. I didn't have no fun at this time. I wasn't even thinking about having a fun. I was I got three daughters. You know, I have a fun now. And it's like I already talked him up. So, you know, I have a thing where I do every day. I manifest, I put on my mantras, I have a prayer rug, I sage every day. You know, my daughter sees sage and things like that. So you have to definitely manifest and put things in order. And God will take care of it. I am a believer that God will heal you because I had I had a lump in my breast. And that lump is gone. Like I had fibroids. Oh, wow. I don't have fibroids no more. Like, and this and this is so crazy. I talk about this all the time. When you when you breastfeed, every time my son breastfeeds, I breastfeed my son. He heals me. I heal him. Like I don't have a period. I don't have any of those hormonal problems. You know, I don't have any pains and cramps and all that stuff. That stuff is completely gone. Only thing I have. I feel is that when my titties get full with milk, I know I gotta feed your boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for him okay. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's the only kind thing about breastfeeding, you know. Um, and I think it's a beautiful thing. I think that God knew exactly what to do with me because um, I was going down, I was going down a very very dark road when my mom passed away. Like I didn't, I did not want to live. I did not want to do comedy. I didn't want to sing. I did not want to do anything. All I wanted to do was sleep. All I wanted to do was sleep. I didn't want to watch comedy. I didn't I didn't want to watch. I didn't want to get my hair done. I didn't want to get my nails done. I didn't want anything. I didn't want to talk to nobody. You know, I, I just I was in a dark, I was just in a dark room. I did not want to live because I told my mom, I said, I want to give you everything. My mother used to love Cardi B. Cardi B was a Libra. She's a Libra. My mother loved when she picked up her sister and they got drove around in the, um, what is it, uh, Rolls Royce around the city of New York. My mother loved that. And I told my mom, I said, I'm going to do that for you, mom. Wait to see. You know, I've made all these promises for my mom and we'll do this and things like that. And I'm, unfortunately, I, I haven't, I couldn't do it. So it, it broke my heart, you know. And, um, but I will dig her up in her casket and if I got to take her that way. <laughs> I will no, she's with you right now. Like <laughs> I will mummify her ass and put her in my front room. <laughs> oh <Lord. laughs> Like those funerals that people have when the people be sitting in the chair. Like, right. right. <laughs> oh, wow. like no, he a forty ounce girl. He got his forty ounce in his hand. <laughs> girl, <laughs> But yeah, uh, my mother, she's she's the reason why I have a funny dark look, you know, face. My mother used to say some funny shit. Like she would say, like she would put an extra on shit, and it used to be funny. Like I just, I just love my mom. She was a Leo. Rest in peace, mom. Rest in peace. But um, yeah, she's definitely uh, the reason why I miss it. 
She was so funny. It's interesting that you say that. What a great segue. Uh, before we go, um, obviously you go by the name of Miss Lips. Yes. Now, I mean, it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to figure <laughs> out why you go <laughs> with that name, uh, Miss Lips. Uh, but uh, how did you come up with the name? Uh, with you know, I, I, I can imagine why, but maybe there's something more than the obvious. Or well, when I was younger, I have always had wide lips. Like I have always, I have always been heavy tested. And um, I used to have grown men like who completely disrespectful. When I was when she was talking about men, I really disrespect what they are. When I was young, like ten, like this guy was literally telling me, Oh, you got some beautiful lips. And like you old ass man, like <laughs> why are you looking at my lips? You know what I'm saying? And people were always going to high school. They would say, oh, you got some DTLs and dick sucking lips. And I was like, what? I used to fight. Like, I used to fight niggas. Okay? Like, what? You know what I'm saying? So I, I used to fight just because God gave me these lips. And, and I was like, you know what? I'm always having issues with my lips. So I'm just going to call myself Miss Lips. So, um, uh, that's how Miss Lips was born. And I was I did my first show at um at Atlanta's Comedy Comedy Corner. And I was able to meet Skull Bubble. We went on to with um Mike Epson, Corey Holcomb, and and a couple other comedians. And um he definitely he was like, keep doing you, keep telling your story, keep being um unique. People like new shit. You know, he had this thing where he would roll toilet paper on the, on the floor and he'll walk on and he say he was shit, you know, and I thought that was the shit. I mean, that was <laughs> Corey Holt was crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely crazy. I thought he was the best and he was from my city. So it was like he and he passed away too. This thing like all my little good homeboys and homegirls passed away. And um I wish he was alive. A lot of the stuff wouldn't happen. Like I wish Bernie was alive. Yeah, Bernie. Because a lot of the stuff wouldn't happen. You know, Bernie wasn't selfish. He was a salt of the he earth. He was salt of the earth. I remember there was a comedian named Diane Quarter. And um they came to a comedy show um that my aunt's friend put together and um he she got sick. And Bernie Mac uh, paid her medical bills. She actually had sarcoidosis just like he did. And so he paid all her medical bills. And I just thought that was just so beautiful for him to do that. He was really a nice guy. Yeah. No one, I, I don't, I, I don't know anyone who talks badly about him. Like he's, he's a, uh, he has a great reputation. And that, let, that lets you know is how people talk about you, especially when you're not around, uh, really goes a long way of, of explaining how somebody really is and how they really do. Um, there's another one of those kings of comedy, I won't say his name, that uh, most people don't talk very well about him. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But but um, no, Bernie, Bernie was a real one, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you can just look at his show, the Bernie Mac show, and you can watch it over and over and over again, and it's like you never watched it, you know. And it's like 
his timing, you know, the way he talked to the camera, you know, talking about kids. A lot of people didn't talk to kids about on camera. I'm not gonna say kids are bad, but kids can be mischievous and busy. And um, you know, he talked about a lot of things, like he talked about his sister being on drugs, and that it honestly that is a really big thing. Addiction is a really big mm-hmm. thing. I really believe a lot of these people that have these power control roles are addicted to narcotics. I really do believe that. Yeah, um, being the behaviors of it, um, of being on that narcotic, you know, um, because you gotta be on something to, to hate on your brother or your sister, <laughs> like. <laughs> You know the, the Fred Hampton movie, uh, the Messiah. You see that? When he was talking about William O'Neill, it just spoke on how black people, white people use black people, and then black people turn on their own people. You know, and I really think we need to understand that a person um, is not helping the community, and we need to talk about them people because. The people need to be completely canceled, you know. Like you're not building, you're breaking, you're destroying. You know, you, you gotta go. You gotta, you gotta, you got to go. You know. Then I stand on that. I really do stand on it, and people really gonna start to see the difference. You know, a lot of people gonna start coming out. You know, it's technology. People gonna start talking about it and. I hope it don't take 10 years because, you know, the whole R. Kelly thing, you know, honestly, I love his music, but, you know, he's been a narcissist for a very long time. Like, when yeah. I was in Chicago, you know, it's certain schools he would go up to in Chicago. Girl, oh my God. <laughs> Julian, okay? He will come. He didn't go to college because he was no problem. Uh, 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 nigga, that nigga had honey for him fucking with Kyle, honey. But he would go to Julian and um have parks and different things like that, you know, because he did want to flex. That was his thing. He would play his own music, his sounds, you know, sounds would be a really big thing back in the day. Niggas had sounds for days, and he would play his own music, and he had his homeboy, his cousin, and his, you know, people you know, around him and they would get girls and they would go back to the studio and things like that. Because again, I know the power of no. If I say no, I mean no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like uh, I had a cousin who did fuck with R. Kelly and um I didn't fuck him or fuck with him because she did. You know, I don't want and I know my cousin, like I said, I before I had a cousin that's nasty. <laughs> I won't want to I wouldn't want to walk behind that bitch. Like that bitch was mad thing, honey. But if he fucked her, I would know what kind of dick he had. So I was like, no. <laughs> you know, yeah, I've so. had the pleasure of meeting Rob Kelly um one time. And it was in a very interesting way. <laughs> So I'm gonna say I used to date a, a producer from Chicago. Uh, his family is known for singing. They're the the Negroes can sing, and uh, yeah. So I've I've he used to have a studio down on Michigan uh, downtown, 
And so we go down there. And one time we went down to Chicago tracks and that's when I got to meet um, R. Kelly. And I was like, oh, righty then. So <laughs> it was a very um, strange situation. <laughs> yeah, R. Kelly was on that coast. He was on that coast, you know. Um, you know, a lot of them are. Oh, yeah. And narcotic. You know, yeah. I, I'm a true 420. I, I believe in that. Um, but I don't, I don't fuck with the white shit. I don't fuck with the white shit. I've seen what it do. It turned people into monsters. Yeah. It turns people into monsters. And unfortunately, um, you know, R. Kelly is a brilliant artist, but he was a horrible, horrible person. Um, and it's so unfortunate that nobody stood up to him and told him that you can't do this. You know, and it's it's, it's really sad. It's, it's it's really sad because you got so many artists that go down in history with a shit stain. You know what I'm saying? Like I have a favorite button that I wear. I forgot to put it on, but um, I have a button um, of Michael Jackson before. You know, he he did any um, plastic surgery or anything to his nose before he permed his hair. Before he did anything, this is the natural Michael Jackson, and I was told if Janet was to see this, because this whole this real picture is a real picture of Michael Jackson. Janet has this in her front room. If she see this, she um, Joe Jackson said he will cry. She will cry. Mm. Um, there's something about this picture. I was able to meet Joe Jackson on Hollywood Boulevard. He had a boutique, not a boutique, but he had a um, store. Where they had mirabilia, they had mirabilia about Michael Jackson. I, I, I took so much mirabilia, and I gave away so many, much mirabilia to you know friends in the comedy game because I'm all about giving things like that. But when he gave me this, and he said, "Wear this," and he said, "If you ever see Janet, just show her this, and she's gonna show you and tell you the story behind this picture." So. Um, I just thought it was the dopest thing ever. <laughs> I mean, meeting Joe Jackson and he, him having a conversation with me talking about, because you know they from Gary, Indiana, and how poor they grew up. He said he almost like, the whole story of how they got famous almost never happened. He had to fight too. He had to fight the powers to be. All these black boys singing, you know, <laughs> Come on now, can you imagine? These guys singing better than all these grown people. They it's so much competition they had. You know, you had all these white artists they were in competition with. I'm not gonna say no names, but you kind of get what I'm talking about. But these this man right Osman. here, <laughs> right? This man right here, I sleep with this this button on my bed every day because it, it all because I had people tell me, oh. If you lighten your skin, if you wear a wig, if you do this and do that, you know, if you get past the surgery. I had a person tell me, oh, if you get past the surgery, you, you'll be ready for the camera. And this right here, it gives me confidence to let me know no matter what you do to your body, the industry will never be satisfied. Okay. And I don't promote plastic surgery. I don't promote it. I think your beautiful natural beauty is beautiful. 
I think you, I think women should be proud of their flaws. I don't think nothing was wrong with his nose. Do you think anything was no, wrong with his no, nose? No. I like that nose. I yeah, love his nose. His teeth were like a whole t- totally different person. This is before all of that. And I just I just look at that and not and that keeps me humble. I, and I talked about this on Speedy Show. Um, it just it just keeps me natural, you know. It keeps me me. Like I, you know, I have braids, but this is African braids, okay? <laughs> These are African braids, but I try to keep it as natural as I can. Like I use natural products and things like that. I I do promote black businesses and things like that. But it's very important just to stay who you are. Because if, if Michael Jackson stayed who he was, I think his story would have been a little different. I agree. I Like anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. I I love his music. Uh, you know, he's one of the few celebrities that I actually wept when, when he uh, passed away. Uh, and uh, I mean, it hit me hard too. Uh, yeah. And uh, I just love Michael. I love Michael Jackson. You can, you can't cancel Michael Jackson t- to me. So, uh, and I, m- I remember somebody said something because I I think I was playing something of his, and somebody was like, "Oh, you can't play after that leaving Neverland crap," and I said, "You know, I I had no tact in that conversation. I was like, fuck you, <laughs> you know, I love Michael Jackson. You're not you're not gonna get me on that, but." Uh, Anyway, so I want to thank you so much for coming on our program tonight. And this was so so great listening to you, kicking off our our series of funny people. Uh, And and we'd love to have you back at some point on one of our panels. We talk about relationships. There's always some juicy topic we're we're talking about. So uh, and it'll be like other men and women there. Maybe we'll do a an all comedian uh, panel. That might be interesting. Some of my uh, comedian buddies. I, so, you know, uh, a lot of uh, if we could like ask, like when you go to a comedy show and you go to a comedy club, if you could request more female comedians, hmm. there is not enough of female comedians. This is a male dominant industry. When you go see like a Corey Holcomb, you need to ask. Is there more female comedians? Because it's always four to one comedian. It's four men and it's one female out of those four. You know, it's it's really rare you have a whole female show that you go to and you see it and it's it's constant. This 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 the racism in comedy it needs to stop. The sexism in comedy it needs to stop. The bullying in comedy. It needs to stop. Like people need to stop. Like it's it's getting it's getting to the point where it's becoming disgusting. And I've been talking about this for a very long time. And comedians, they have this thing. Oh man, if I I don't I want to get booked. People, they really believe if they really speak up, the powers that be, I will stop them from getting booked. But I say fuck that shit. Get booked yourself. You know what I'm saying? Something has to change. I am tired of seeing the same thing. 
You know, something has to change for women. We are not being protected. Look what happened to this young girl. Young girl getting shot. She's getting shot. All these people. Somebody should protect us. It's bad that she's a foster kid. Who is going to protect us? That happened here in my, uh, in my city. Mm -hmm. That happened here. It's horrible. It hurts. Don't it hurt? Don't it hurt? Before you leave the house, you got to pray. Oh, my God. I, I don't want to get shot today by a police officer or a nigga. You got to say, or a nigga. I don't want to get killed by a nigga, too. Like, we gotta stop this. We gotta stop this black on black crime. We gotta stop. Like, if you got a beef with somebody, you need to say, okay, I apologize. I'm still waiting on Zoe Williams to apologize to me. I'm still waiting on him to send me my cash app of my money. You know, you saying this and you saying that, but you you pay Corey. You pay Corey his money, but you're not gonna pay me my money. When they about to fight? <laughs> Maybe he's scared of poor. Of course. That's true. That's true. Well, you know, you, you gotta catch that. You gotta catch that. All I gotta do is play with a puppy. Okay? <laughs> Don't get so. Don't get so. Don't get so. Look at her. Turn her back on me. She said, bitch, fuck, though. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, thank you well, for letting me do um, Indie Radio. Yeah. I appreciate you. you guys. Y'all are dope. Continue to keep doing this. And I would love right. to come back again. How, how can we uh, get you in social media and stuff? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook as Kim Miss Lips Wilson. And I'm on Instagram comedian miss lips i'm on clubhouse at mslipp lips i am i have a website called misslips.com which i have beautiful goodies i have goodies darling oh i have good goodies. and this you can put this in your butt okay it's not ky but it's some like it but you can put it on your lips you got little lip symbols in there I didn't use it up. I have lip gloss and I also have bags. I have socks. I have t shirts. Try not to drop my laptop on the floor. I have merch on there that is going to be awesome. Like, I have tank tops um, with the lips on them, signature lips, and things like that. I'm trying to get this gag. Having technical difficulties. This is one of my um, miss lips bags. <laughs> they have they have little sparklies on them. Oh wow, that's just okay. Very simple. Put it in your mouth. You'd be like, oh, I ain't sucking no dick today. You know your husband. I keep saying husband. You know you suck your husband dick. You put this in your mouth and go to sleep, and you won't choke to death. <laughs> And I have the one without the belt. Um, this is the original Miss Lips. You put this in your mouth. This is my pussy pink. I have someone that's lavender. It's going to be calming down. And um, they're going to be out soon. 
Um, I have a lot of, um, also, I'm actually, I have two movies that's coming out called Santeria and The Killing Fields, which is going to be a great documentary about Dr. Huey P. Newton, Vince Mitchell, and it's versus the Oakland PD. So it's a a timeline movie that was based in Oakland, California. I I met a beautiful, um, beautiful writer called Dennis Alums, and he wrote this beautiful script. Is based off on the uh, um, Lion Panther and the Rye, and it talks about the um, the demographics of and economics of the dope game, and how the Black Panthers and the drug dealers came together like the trap kitchen, and they went against the police, and they protected thousands and thousands of Black people in Oakland because at the time. The police and the Klan were hanging, lynching people, killing people left and right. And um, they put a stop to that for a long time. So, um, and my movie, Santeria, is a comedy horror movie. Um, it's about um, the Book of the Dead, how um, <laughs> the Book of the Dead um, kind of like take you, extra project you into your ancestor and you become your ancestor versus the person you were before. And it takes over your soul, and it's between the pastor and the witch who's gonna bring you back into a portal. It's a sci-fi movie, so that's coming out soon. It's getting edited right now, so look out for that. I have clips on my website at misslips.com. I also have a comedy um, special that's coming out, Miss Slips series, that's gonna be picked up by Comedy Central. I'm praying on that. Um, it's gonna be just series about my life, um, a reality show about my life, things like that. So, um, be looking out for that too. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and again, I want to thank my kids, Comedy Kenya, um, my daughter that's still for me, Kizavana, my other daughter that got the worst baby daddy in the world, Ken, um, <laughs> Kendra. Just. <laughs> Uh, I just want to thank my kids and uh, I want to dedicate this piece to my mom because I know I brought brought her up. Her name is Kim Coleman. Um, And that's it. Uh, Well, thank you so much. Um, Mosaic, how can we get you social media and all that good stuff? You can find me on Instagram at at Mosaic Star, also Clubhouse at Mosaic Star, Twitter, Mosaic. yeah, just at Mosaic. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me there. And also you can find my business, Missouri Y2 Beauty and Wellness at Missouri Y2 on Instagram. I'm getting ready to start back launching again. I'm getting ready to start stocking up my product. I can't wait. I'm excited to see what this new look I started now because I rebranded my business. So I, I can't wait to get my product out there, y'all. Come holler at me on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. also, can I promote my song real quick? Sure, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to play it real quick. Hold on. Because I sure forgot to tell you. So I have this song that's called Am I a Ho? And it's basically telling um, people or the guys, you know, yeah, you might look at me as a hoe, but I'm really not a hoe. You know what I'm saying? So it's like an oxymoron. Let me pull it up. I'm having some difficulties, but it's okay. 
and it's on SoundCloud. Okay, is it coming or what? Okay, it's coming. <laughs> okay. Am I a
<laughs> it's on my SoundCloud. All right. I got some, I got some club bangers on there. Um, I just appreciate that, man. All I right. Drop, drop me a link to your SoundCloud on uh, Instagram, and I'll make sure it's in the show notes for the show tonight. I sure will. I sure right. will. I appreciate you, Queen. You have a great day, great night. Y'all be careful out there. Burn your sage. First stage for your haters, you know. For sure, and for sure. And, 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 and you guys can uh <laughs> know. You, you who they are. Yes. You don't want to be shocked. Right. Like as soon as you know your hater, just and you guys can get me at Kente F on Twitter at Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And of course, the website is indyradio.org. That's indy radio.org. Uh, join us uh, next week for an all new episode of Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus Show. Uh, we love you guys. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless you. Good night. Have a